on this episode of Why Watch That. So they go, well, wait a minute. Daddy's being naughty. Let's try to find this woman he's cheating with. They they just go with this. Okay? (laughs) Alex Sharp, who completely makes the movie. His personality alone, even he has a dance number in the water that I'll just like, you'll never forget his dance number. Sometimes they have musical interludes for no reason where they do a dance, choreographed. (laughs) (laughs) Now CBS has this show that you are absolutely drawn to. It's called Zoo. Don't judge me. Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. Presented by Dynamic Network. Why watch that sneak peek? The critic has a sneak peek of the new movie Landline. Uh Yes, you millennials know nothing about that. (laughs) Landline, which comes out uh, this Friday, July 21st, uh, in a theater near you. Now, it's directed by Gillian Robespierre. It sounds yeah. Robespierre, Robespierre, yeah. Um, sorry, no, Gillian Robespierre. Um, Elizabeth Holm and along with Gillian wrote the screenplay. But there's some familiar faces that we here on Why Watch that love and hold dear, namely John Turturro, yeah. who is um, nominated for it. You better believe it. Um, John Turturro, Edie Falco, who's won many. Emmys, um, along with the stars, Jenny Slate, Abby Quinn, and uh, J.D. Blass. Mm -hmm. So this is something that aired, we first heard about it at Sundance. The critic got to see a sneak peek, and so it's fresh in his mind. We are eager to hear whether we should pay 15 or not to go to the movies. Well, that's the question. Now, everybody, you know we start with the plot because the ref won't allow me not to. That's right. Here's where we are. We're in 1995. Hey! So it's the 90s, not the 80s. The 90s. And we're in Manhattan. And we have a family. Edie Falco plays the mother, Pat Jacobs. She's a high-powered attorney. Mm -hmm. Um, Her husband is John Turturro, Alan Jacobs. He's a poet. (laughs) I already see where this is going. And their daughters are played by Jenny Slate. That's Dana Jacobs. Jenny Slate's character, Dana Jacobs, she has graduated from college. She's now in the, you know, she's working. And she has a fiancé played by Jay Duplass. And her sister is still in college, but she's about to think about going to college. And that's Abby Quinn's character, Allie Jacobs. So that's the family that's going on. Now, of course... Pat, Edie Falco's character, is very controlling. Uh-oh. She has to keep things in order. John Turturro's character, Alan, you know, he's just going with the flow. Okay? He has a job. He likes to write his poetry and so on. Or write whatever he's writing. So, the question is, 
what's the dynamic between these two, right? People say opposites attract, but wait a minute. Mm-mm. It depends on how you define that. It's really, we have certain thresholds of what we can stand. So oh, are they oh. stretched to the brink or not, right? Mm. Now, let's link this together. The daughters find some love poems. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my. And you know the father wrote them. Okay. But is it to the mother or somebody else? Oh, no. Uh-oh. So they go, well, wait a minute. Daddy's being naughty. Let's try to find this woman he's cheating with. They, they just go with this. And that takes them to places that are expected and unexpected. Okay? <laughs> now, what's interesting is Jenny Slate's character, Dana, while she's going with her sister, following the father, she ain't being faithful either. Uh-huh. Mm, mm, An mm. old flame comes back into her life, played by Finn Whitrock. His name is Nate, and he Whitrocks her throughout this movie. Oh okay. my goodness! It, that thank you for keeping it PG. <laughs> so there's a tension there. Now the younger daughter, you know, she's a teenager. All of that. She has a boyfriend, but she's about to go away to college, so it's not too serious for her. They do their little drugs. Well, everybody does. And they have their sex and all of that. So the thing is, is she going to grow up? Yeah. Because she puts her older sister into a situation that is not safe. And all of this eventually comes to a head at the end. And we see what the outcome is. Is the father actually cheating? Is the mother really in the dark about that, if that's the case? Hmm. Or is it some arrangement they have that's fine? Or is it actually innocent? What happens with J. Duplass's character? Does he find out about Jenny Slate uh, being <laughs> sliding around and being with other men? Can they stay together or not? Oh. So that's oh. what's going on here. It's really just about those relationships. And we get the 90s as a backdrop, right? We get the pay telephone. We get the landline. Okay. All of that goes on. So hmm. that's the plot. Now let's quickly get to this review. Yeah, this, everybody, is if you have nostalgia for the 90s, it's if you can relate to this kind of uh, familial dynamic, right? If that sounds like, oh, yeah, I know this kind of thing, this will be for you. It will be. It, it'll almost be a strange kind of comfort food. It's not that it's mm. comforting, but it's a strange kind because of the timing and all of that. Mm. The cast, as we said, is strong. They do their jobs. But for this critic, I have to say... I found it a little too long, and it's only 93 minutes. And the reason is it meandered its way around things that I knew was going to happen. So it wasn't surprising or anything like that to me. And I didn't find it as comfort food. So oh, I thought okay. it was fine. The only thing for me was, okay, I have some fine actors here right. doing their work, so I can yeah. focus on that. Otherwise, it's kind of a mess structurally. So... If you're paying money to see this, it's only if you want your 90s comfort food. That's strange. Otherwise, everybody, you certainly can wait and catch it on some sort of streaming device. Ooh, okay. Well, Landline is in theaters this Friday, July 21st again. However, if you are trying to slim down and not binge on the comfort food, you may want to wait until that comes out on a TV near you. On Amazon. 
<laughs> you make your choice. Did you know? Part one. Well, I have a did you know this week. Me. Oh, oh. And here it is. And I'm going to start it with did you know? Did you know that this actor is a rapper? Was a backup dancer for Queen Latifah. Starred in a film with Tupac. And played a TV doctor in two different shows. Who is this actor? Wait a minute. So the actor was a rapper. Uh, is a rapper. He, he is a rapper? Or? Yep. This is little known. Little known. He is a rapper. He was a backup dancer for Queen Latifah. He started the film with, <laughs> with Tupac. And he's played a TV doctor twice in two big TV shows. Who is he? Who is he? Well, you're going to have to give me a second. <laughs> this episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Did you know? Part two. All right, we are back. You've had a little bit of time to think about this, Ref. I'm interested. I've given you some clues here. You could come up with this. You can do it. Um, I the only thing I could think of, because I know he's starred with Tupac. Yeah. I know that he's been a TV doctor at least in one. Mm-hmm. It could be Omar Epps. That's it. That is ah, it. There we go. <laughs> no, what I didn't realize that he's a, he used to be a backup dancer. That's what threw me off. I was like, <laughs> Omar Epps used to dance for Queen Latifah? What? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he was with Tupac and Juice, which we're giving yeah. away on our website, huh? Right? Hey, come get it. Also, he's now starring in Shooter, and season two is coming back on USA. Nice. On Tuesday, July 18th, like right now. So, Oh my gosh, you can catch it. And he, he was on House, right? That's right. He was House and ER. ER, oh mm. yeah. Yes. Well done, well done. <laughs> back to Why Watch That. A Why Watch That First Look. Well, the ref has a very special first look mm. for all of us. It is a Netflix property, a <laughs> film called To the Bone. And I know that has a very strong meaning here. Now, this is directed by Marty Noxon, uh, who has a lot of TV cred. And it's written by Marty as well. It stars Lily Collins, Terry Preston, uh-oh, Lily Taylor. Hey. And Mr. Keanu Reeves. So come on now. Tell us, Ref, what's going on in this, and is it worth just our time watching? We all have a Netflix subscription. Well, I first <laughs> saw uh, To the Bone at Sundance. This is where, yeah. we, where we were introduced to this movie. And I was eager to see it because I have lately been enjoying Keanu Reeves' work. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go and see it. And you know, I love uh, Lily Collins anyway. I decided to go and see it. Not knowing the full weight or 
weightlessness. I don't yeah. know. That's a bad pun. I'm sorry. Of the movie. So the movie's about the uh, Lily Collins character. Her name is Ellen. She's 20 years old. She's dropped out of college. And she has a severe anorexic body. Yeah. And to come to find out, she is anorexic and has been for a, wh- a while now. And throw in all that goes in with that, bulimic, um, you know, anything that has to do with laxatives, all of that. She's okay. sort of been passed around from program to program to program. Nothing's really working. Each program she goes to, she gets thinner and thinner. Finally, she, we find out that she had been living with her mother, who uh, is divorced from her father. And is now in love with a woman. She abandoned her, so to speak, oh. and moved. And it's played by uh, uh, Lily uh, Taylor. Taylor. She's abandoned her, so to speak, and moves to Phoenix away. Now. Wow. Now, Ellen's mother or stepmother is played by Carrie Preston, upbeat. Very, very, like, strong, sort of southern uh, mother who's involved in the children's lives. Um, uh, uh, Ellen's father and uh, Carrie Preston's character, they've had a child. So Ellen has a stepsister who's younger. Now, Ellen is severely depressed because she can no longer live with her mother and she's living with her stepmother and her absentee father who's mm. always working. Now, Carrie Preston notices that her daughter is getting, or her stepdaughter is getting thinner and thinner and and actually advises her to go to this very um, strange, um, unorthodox kind of doctor played by Keanu Reeves. Yes. Now, he specializes in eating disorders and in severe cases. But what he does, as I said, is very unorthodox. At the absolute um, demanded request of her stepmother, Ellen is placed into this home of about five or five other um, severe cases, along with a gentleman played by Alex Sharp, who is an ex-ballet dancer. All of them are dealing with various forms of eating disorders, from bulimia to um, there's a one girl who's extremely heavy, extremely heavy girl, but she's doesn't want to eat but then she eats she thinks she's bulimic it's very very strange Mm -hmm. and of course you run the gambit of of all those things now ellen we know is a secret there's a secret about her she is an artist and she's been posting her work of anorexia and dealing with her body image issues on tumblr and something happens as a result of that so we see her dive deeper into the depressed world that she's in however she's sarcastic she's she um is very whip smart and she is determined to flunk out of this program and wants to head back to phoenix with her mother Mm. unfortunately or fortunately keanu reeves is not putting up with that his methods are working so they seem Mm. because uh, Ellen falls in love and falls for the ex-ballet dancer played by Alex Sharp. Yeah. And it's there that she finds um, that she needs to make a choice. Does she or does she not decide to get better? Because later we find in the movie, and, and I'll sort of cap it here, mm-hmm. that she is knocking on death's door because she's so thin. 
Yeah. Now, that is the gist of the plot. Does Ellen make it or not? Does Keanu Reeves' character, Doctor, does that? Does his methods work or does it push her too far? Mm-hmm. And in the heat of all of that, how much does Ellen's broken, dysfunctional family actually play into some of her her um, her deadly devices, basically? Now, this is sort of the review slash comment. <laughs> this is, I'll say off the bat, not a movie that you want to just, hey, I'm not doing anything tonight. I think I'll go to the movies to see this. This movie deals with the depths of anorexia, deals with the depths of eating disorders. It deals with the the deep psychosis of someone believing their body is something that it's not. And then you see the actual, like, I don't know. I know they had a body double for Lily Collins, but I'm sure she had to lose a lot of weight. You see physically what happens and what goes on to someone who's dealing with that kind of illness and that kind of sickness just you know physically and deeply psychologically and you also get to see it through these other characters that are in the house now i made it to seem a little more dramatic than what it is but there are some light-hearted moments namely alex sharp who completely makes the movie his personality alone even he has a dance number in the water that i'll just like throw out there you'll never forget that water scene you'll never forget his dance number it's absolutely he's absolutely just draws you in you want to keep watching for him now unfortunately you don't want to keep watching for lily collins it's not that she's a bad actress but they really wrote the character to be not sympathetic at all Mm. so now you're dealing with someone with a severe illness you're dealing with someone who's dealing with severe pain and depression but then on top of that they're kind of not sympathetic that's a tough pill to swallow keanu reeves does his job as this unorthodox doctor um lily collins of course or excuse me lily um taylor taylor keeps delivering over and over again we enjoy her kelly preston is absolutely perfectly cast as this upbeat over the top stepmother leslie bibb wonderfully cast i have to say if you go and see this you're going to be absolutely challenged when you're watching it because of the content but there is a light at the end of the tunnel with alex sharp's performance so Mm. overall do you go see this in the movie theater or not well they're not no because it's on netflix (laughs) well or or yeah if you do you do you you sit and watch it on netflix or not Mm -hmm. well that the answer to that question is well actually it's playing in some movie theaters Mm um uh The answer to that question is, is this something that you really want to spend the next hour and a half to whatever hour, you know, minutes it is to deal with such a severe, harsh reality of eating disorders? If that's something you're into, then by all means, go for it. Again, the light at the end of the tunnel is Alex Sharp's performance. But if not, um, I say think twice before watching to the bone until you're ready for that reality. Okay, so the ref is saying be very judicious before you decide to watch To The Bone. Again, it is on Netflix right now, everybody. It's up to you to determine And it's in some theaters as well. It's in some theaters, but we know how you're going to watch it. So (laughs) (laughs) with that, everybody, again, it's on Netflix. Maybe it's in the theater. To The Bone, available right now. And now, the pick of the week. 
The Critic is coming at you with the pick of the week. It is Netflix's new hit, Glow. Glow. <laughs> when you got that glow. Yes. It's created by, um, it's created by Liz Flahive and Carly Minch. And it stars some pretty familiar people, maybe. Yeah. Alison Brie from Mad Men. Yes. Yep. <laughs> She's in it, starring in it. Um, Betty Gilpin and Mark Marin is uh, are the stars of this. Now, this is about wrestling, but from a female perspective. So do tell. Well, yes. And, and remember, in the 80s, everybody, we had this. We had the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, or GLOW. So it's a fictionalized account of that. So we're in 1985 LA, there's a struggling actress, Ruth Wilder, and that's Alison Bree's character. Um, you know, we see her going to auditions, all of that. Well, she ends up in an audition for a wrestling syndicate. <laughs> How did she get there? She's like the least likely woman you think who would be there, but she needs to work. And she is a method actress. She's very serious. We see her at her scene study class, all of that. So she tries to bring that to wrestling. Now, the director is played by Mark Marin, and he ain't feeling her, though. He actually cuts her, and then somehow she comes back. <laughs> now, her best friend is played by Betty Gilpin, and Betty Gilpin's character is now a stay-at-home mom, but she used to be an actress. She was on a daytime soap. Okay. So she's beautiful. She can get work if she wants it, but she's deciding to stay home to take care of the kid. Her husband is played by Rich Summer, whom you know from Mad Men as well. Now, Alison Brie's character and Rich Summer's character have an affair. Betty Gilpin's character finds out. When she finds out, she comes to this wrestling uh, rehearsal at this point and lets Alison Brie have it. Well, Mark Marin's character goes, wait a minute, I have an idea to make this successful. Let's get her into this thing. Now, of course, we have a whole bunch of different women playing a whole bunch of different stereotypical characters. Okay. Now, the question is, will Mark Marin's character be able to train these women to be successful wrestlers? Will they have an audience? Will they make money? Because the producer who's bringing money to this thing, the money gets cut off somehow. So by the end of this first season, the question is, will they actually be able to let the show go on? Now, what I'll tell you is this. The first episode is indicative of the whole season. The second episode is not quite as good, but once it hits middle, and it's 10 episodes total here, midway through, it hits its stride. I appreciated the way that they developed the wrestling especially. Like the actors are good, they do their jobs, all of that. But the way they develop the wrestling, I could just see how they tracked it. How good are they going to be and when? And at the beginning, we see them imagining themselves as wrestlers. So that's nice. So it's a nice balance of this. So if you want to have a little bit of fun, you have a, a, a lot of dramatics as well, then Glow is the show for you. All right, you can catch it on Netflix. Binge, binge, binge. Rapid Fire. Listeners, we're back with our TV Rapid Fire, and guess what? The critic has been holed in his home. 
watching TV like never before. <laughs> yes, summer is here. So what we want to do is catch up on summer's newest shows, as well as a couple that's returned. First, let's start with TNT's new uh, rookie first season uh, show called Claws. This is Niecy Nash, right? It is. It's Niecy Nash. It's Carrie Preston, whom we know from The Good Wife and Wife. True Blood, all of that. Karuchi Tran, I mean, all kinds of people. Harold Perrino is in it. Dean Norris, Elizabeth, oh my no last show. Oh my God. Anyway, this is a dramedy, I guess. It is one of the weirdest shows on TV. Let's just say that. It was renewed already for season two. Nice. It's about five manicurists in Florida, and <laughs> the owner of the salon is Niecy Nash. She plays Desna Sims. She's trying mm-hmm. to move upward, of course. She wants to get a new nail salon and a fancier one. She is taking care of her brother, who's severely autistic, but a highly smart, played by Harold Perrineau. Mm-hmm. And she wants to bring her fellow manicurists a long way. Now, a murder happens that gets in the way, and she's laundering money for this criminal outfit. Oh, my so goodness. So how can she get the money to get this new place and stay safe? That's the question. Now, I'll tell you, everybody, sometimes they have musical interludes for no reason where they do a dance break, and I mean it literally. Choreographed. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you get a whole crazy mix. This is great for the summer. So, you know, if it sounds kind of okay to you, check it out. If not, stay far away. Let's move on to Spike's The Mist. Yes. The Mist. Yes, it's based off of or a nod to the movie that came out uh, maybe what ten years ago, something like that. Uh, what are we doing? Are we are we still misting around? Is it still killing people? Well, you know, it's the summer. I'm still watching it. We're uh, we're almost halfway through the first season. Um, it is not the movie. I'll tell you that, of course. Um, so you have a bunch of people who don't know what's going on in this mist. And in the mist are creatures. There are also dead people coming back. And somehow the mist knows things about people. So there is one woman, played by Francis Conroy, who seems to understand what's going on emotionally. No one else does. Obviously, it's very dangerous. Some people are in the mall where they get segregated. They create rules to live. Some people are in the church where we have that kind of dynamic going on. I think the first episode really was bad, I have to say. It was bad. Let's just call it what it was. It then improved a bit. Um, I would say you really have to be a horror fan to watch this. Okay. Snowfall on FX. <laughs> this <laughs> is uh, not Narcos, <laughs> but no. it's, uh, it's, on the different, it's on a different continent, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> That's right. So, yes, this is, like you said, on FX. It's created by John Singleton and others. Uh, it's set in 1983 L.A. We know that this is about to be the explosion of the crack epidemic. So we see the lead character. He's a teenager. He's just finished high school. He's not going to college, but he's very bright. And he's selling weed. Well, we know what he starts to sell later on. Mm -hmm. And we see his area. We see his aunt and uncle who are part of drugs but not crack. How does that work? His aunt helps to find him a connection because there's this crazy guy who has the drugs and he has to sell the drugs on time. So the question is, how does he do this? He's a small fish, you know. So we see that happen. There also is the CIA involved. It's a whole bunch of people. There's a a boxer who is involved and some other people. 
it's a lot going on. I thought the pilot was highly successful. I was surprised by that. Then the second episode, mm, it stalled. And the problem is when you have this many characters, you've got to figure out how to tell a story that keeps us watching. So I'm going to continue to the third episode. Right now, I don't know what to say. It has great points, and it has some things that cause concern. Oh, boy. In the words of the late Whitney Houston, crack is whack. <laughs> Salvation on CBS. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Salvation on CBS. Uh, it's, what is this? It's some sort of doomsday? Yeah. Things crashing to the earth, possibly. I don't know. That's right. So we find in the pilot, that's all that is aired, that an asteroid has been discovered. It's going to hit Earth and create lots of damage, of course. Destroy life. So the question is, can they uh, do something to make the asteroid go off its trajectory and miss Earth? So Mm -hmm. the government thinks it can. A private citizen, played by Santiago Cabrera, who's this brilliant scientific mind, says no. So he wants to have an ark that's in space, and only so many people can get on this ark, of course. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Now, this is one of these, like you said, doomsday uh, summer shows that CBS seems to love, where you have a whole bunch of people all over the globe involved. So we get that here. Uh, it's nice to see the mix of ethnicities. I will say that you really have to be a fan of this kind of show to even watch it. It's even like the, the idea is stuff that I've read and seen before. It's nothing new. Um, so that's for you. If you think, okay, it's summer. I just want to see something ridiculous with some science, some sci-fi, you know, with a bunch of people running around crazy. This is it. If not, look elsewhere. Oh, Hooten and the lady, not Hootie and the Blowfish, Hooten <laughs> and the lady on CW. Now, is this some sort of... Uh, you know, explorer type thing, Indiana yeah. Jones-esque, I don't know. That's exactly right. So Michael Landis plays Ulysses Kooten. He's Ooh. an American. And Ophelia Lovibond, if you've watched um, Elementary, you know her. She plays the a British lady, Alex Ooh. Lindo Parker. And of course, when they meet each other, they're in the jungle. And oh, that cross-purposes, they're about to be killed because of Hooten's, uh, he wants to steal this thing from the tribe. It's, it, you know, it's borderline, this is borderline stuff. Uh, they get out of there, of course, and then they find their way to the Lost City of Z. If you've seen the movie, you know what that is. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the question is, what can they bring back, and are they safe? And then, of course, this is going to lead to them doing more and more adventures later on in subsequent episodes. Uh, like you said, it's Indiana Jones. A light, 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 light. It is um, something CW. I don't know. Yeah, it's the CW, but it's not quite CW. It's an interesting thing for them to pick up. I'll say that. Um, I would say if you just want something very light, Indiana Jones, um, Temple of Doom stuff, that's really what it is, but definitely not as good. Then check this out. If that's not your thing, what's next? Well, <laughs> what's next is Friends from College on Netflix. Now, this is a pretty star-studded cast. Yeah. You look at the poster and you go, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to binge this. Mm. Yeah, and you know, it's half-hour episodes. There are eight of them. You can watch it all at once, of course. It is a comedy with a little bit of drama. It's about uh, a, a bunch of friends from college, like the title says, who find themselves back in the same area. Now, we know that that's not necessarily a good thing. 
and some of them are married, some of them are not. Some of them are married and sleeping with other people outside their marriage who oh, are friends. No. Uh huh. Oh my goodness, not, not that. So Keegan Michael Key is one of them, and he's the lead. Uh, he's a writer, and his writing is highly acclaimed, but nobody buys it. So his agent is Fred. <laughs> <laughs> his agent is Fred Savage, who's also his friend. And Fred Savage looks at him and goes, "Look, bruh, you need to write YA." Because that's where the money is. <laughs> we're not gonna, we're not taking your new book. His wife is played by Kobe Smolders, and he's cheating on her with other people. Okay. okay. Now, this is something you'll know from the beginning whether you like it or not. You'll either click with it or not. It's only a half a half an hour first episode to find out. There you go, friends. All Bob. right, let's talk about the shows that have returned. Now, yes. both of us are caught up on Younger Uh-oh. on TV Land. This is season four, hey. and uh, we find out that Liza is dealing with her lies with the two <laughs> people that she loves the most, namely yeah. her ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. and her twenty-six-year-old uh, best friend yeah so it gets pretty sticky they've been at odds but Mm -hmm. we're finding out there may be a change of heart at the end of this last episode that's right and that's exactly where we are because uh hillary duff's character kelsey peters was not happy to find out that liza played by sutton foster was 40 and not 26 Uh they have this imprint at the book company together we have that tension but something happens that kind of softens her we'll see how much and we know that Nico Tortorella's character, Josh, don't want to see none of Liza after she cheated on him in quotes. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, this is great summer TV. And I don't mean good. This is great summer television. Yeah, it's Sex Thanks. in the City. It, mm-hmm. Sex in the City meets uh, Devil Ears Prada. Listen to our reviews. I mean, exactly. Can't go wrong. Broadchurch is back on Uh-oh. BBC America. Oh. Good gracious. Hold on to your British hat. <laughs> sort of. Yes. Yes, and you know, Broadchurch is not for the faint of heart. This is not what you call summer TV. It is about detectives across the pond who (laughs) have to solve murders, okay? And and this is very sensitive stuff. In the first two seasons, it was about a kid who was molested and killed. This season, we have a woman who was raped, but she doesn't remember who did it. And it's the same place. So, you know, we still see... Uh, some of the echoes from the previous two seasons going on now. The family from the previous two seasons, they are just split apart. The father wants one thing, the mother and daughter want another. So, I mean, that's what you get at Broadchurch. I'll say that Series 3, to me, is not quite what it used to be for Broadchurch. They need to pick it up a bit because the subject matter is so heavy. It's good, but the question is, is it good enough? Now, CBS has this show that you are absolutely drawn to. It's called Zoo. Don't judge me. These aren't animals you want to be around, right? No. No, the animals have mutated and mutated. We're now 10 years in the future, by the way, Ralph. Oh, my gosh. I cannot. And, And there's something about the new form of animal, the hybrid, and they have some effect on... Uh, fertility because humans can't have children anymore except for some and it sounds like Handmaid's Tale almost so they steal the children this project oh, the animals no not the animals I'm sorry so oh this, I'm this, like what this is project. happening <laughs> <laughs> like what is going on on CBS no, the, an- the animals will kill the children and everybody else 
But so this project comes in to steal the children and they have some reason for it that we're going to find out in the next episode. I mean, we're three episodes in. It's ridiculous. It always has been ridiculous. It is not good acting. It is not good writing. But the critic is watching it because he just can't understand what the deal is. He doesn't understand how this is still on CBS. You've been mesmerized by those animals with the thing in their eyes. <laughs> the defiant pupil, yeah. The defiant pupil. Let's end this with one of your favorite TV shows right yeah. now on air on USA. What is it? Season seven? Good gracious. I don't even yeah. know. Suits mm-hmm. is back. And with or without its key players, it's still rolling strong in your heart. That's right. I love it. I mean, we did leave, uh, lose Gina Torres. She did come back at the end of the last season, though. And now the question is, can they move forward without her character at the firm? And Mike Ross, played by Patrick J. Adams, we know he had his legal run-in. He was a fake lawyer, all of that. He was threatening threatened with disbarment. Well, now he's a real lawyer after last season, back at the firm, because he had to leave with Harvey, his partner in crime, played by Gabriel Mott. And Harvey is now decided to take over from Jessica, Gina Torres' character. We still have Rick Hoffman playing Lewis Lip, the most crazy attorney you'll ever see. And Meghan Markle is back as Rachel Zane and Sarah Rafferty as Donna Paulson, who has gone from secretary to partner. Ooh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Sit down, she said. So everybody, if you've been watching it, keep watching it. If you haven't watched it, start, see whether you like it. They show up twice a year just so I can bask in the glow of adults. (laughs) You've heard it here. Listen. Summer's got a lot of shows for you, so you can do all that catching up. Keep lo- keep locked and tuned in at Why Watch That. We're going to tell you why you should and should be watching something. Keep tuned. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.